Is God good this week? Come on. I thought this was the 11 o'clock service. Come on, you can do better than that. That's right. All right. Hey, thank you so much for being here. My name is Pastor Adam Harold. My incredible wife, Tanya, and I have the privilege of leading this church that we call The Refuge Together. We do it as a team. We moved here about five years ago, uh, six years ago, and uh, started this church on March 5th, 2017, and uh, we've, we've enjoyed every minute. You know, I told the first service, it's been a miracle, and uh, we just want to invite people to be a part of our miracle, and you being here today is being a part of our miracle, and uh, it's so fun to watch and just to experience um, what God is doing. If, you, if, if you're new here, you've never been here before, uh, there's a card in front of you, in the, in the chair in front of you, uh, there's like a little... Uh, rack on the ch- each chair. Um, just pull that out, and uh, you're gonna have to find your own ink pen because we didn't, <laughs> we didn't, we didn't have anywhere to put them. So, uh, but if you see one of our team members, we've got ink pens we can uh, give to you, and just fill that out. And I want to send you a card in the mail, something personal uh, that says thank you. If I had the privilege of meeting you uh, in a in our common area, then I'll make that card as personal as possible, uh, just to let you know that you've been seen. Uh, how do you know it's good to get a piece of mail that's not a bill, right? Uh, it's good to get some mail in the, in the mail that's not a bill. And uh, last week we started something that we're calling Seven Minute Head Start. Uh, if, you're, if you're new here, if you've been coming a little while, and um, if, if, you, uh, if, you just, if you're sitting there and you're like, you know, I want to know more about this church, then Seven Minute Head Start is for you. Uh, it's in our lounge, which is um, there's a room out this way. If you take that exit, turn right. Um, there's a lounge back there. There's someone there that will show you where Seven Minute Head Start is. It takes a whopping seven minutes. Although uh, when my wife teaches, she's competitive, so um, it's going to probably be like more like four or five minutes. So uh, she's up against that clock, and so uh, seven minutes, and it just tells you a little bit more about how you can know more about the Refuge Church and be a part of it. Because again, we want you to be a part of this miracle, um, and it's we promise you, it's fun. Like it's it's fun. There's no, there, like there's nothing more fun than uh, following Jesus with a group of people, because he's the one that that he's the one that makes it make sense. And when you go through garbage, when you go through trash, like you go through hard things in your life, because you're going to. Our mission at the refuge is to show people that when they go through storms of this life. If they make Jesus their refuge, they never have to be overwhelmed by that storm. And uh, like we, life gets hard. And, uh, and it helps to have friends and family and people that you can go to. But the ones that matter are the ones that point you to Jesus. Because he's the one that gets you through it. And so um, this morning I'm going to talk to you a little, a little bit about the presence of God in our lives. And um, we've been in a series that we've been calling uh, the commission um, taken out of Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 through 20, which is known as the Great Commission. It's Jesus' last words to his disciples. And um, we're going to look at that in a moment. But this week as I was preparing, uh, you know, I, 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 last, last week, by the way, if you weren't here last week, you missed a good one. Like, it was, it was your boy was on fire, right? <laughs> Like, I'm telling you, my wife got home. She got the fire extinguisher. She's like, shh, I'm kidding. That was, that was too far, Adam. That was too far. You took it too far. And I, but I was sitting there preparing, and I was like, man, God, I just, I felt the pressure. How many of you know you have a good week? You have a good week the week before. You feel the pressure to perform the same way next week. And that's when the Holy Spirit says, this ain't about you. <laughs> so you better get out of the way or you're going to mess this one up. And so I said, all right, God, I'm going to get out of the way this week. And that's what, I'm, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to get out of the way so that God can continue to move. Because I'm not the one that makes it great. I'm not the one that makes it good. It's the Holy Spirit that does that. And that... That, that thing that you felt in your heart as we sang, run to the Father, as we sang, I'm a child of God, that thing that you felt, that was the Holy Spirit. 
It's not the words. It's the presence of God. And we want to teach you. We want to talk to you. We want to help you live that every day of your life. You don't have to leave it on Sunday. I'm getting warmed up. You don't have to leave it on Sunday. It doesn't just take place from 11 to 12.15 on Sunday morning at 765 Roosevelt Trail in Wyndham, Maine. It doesn't happen that way. Jesus said, I'm with you always, and we're going to talk about those words. But as I was preparing, you know, uh, I was just, I just kind of, I, I felt the pressure, but I, I realized that we come into church, and, and we're so good at dividing things. Like, we've, we've divided ourselves, people. And, and people have d- divided the church. And, and like, I'm going to get on a soapbox if I'm not really careful. But that's why we're a non-denominational church, because we don't want to divide ourselves. It doesn't matter what, what tradition you've come from. We're non-denominational. We don't have a denomination because we don't want to separate ourselves from everybody else. We want this church to look like heaven. So it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what you've believed. It, it matters that you believe in Jesus, that he's the one that centers us. And so we've divided churches into these categories of seeker and, and, and discipleship. And like you, like we've, we've said things like you have to, Bill Heibel started a church called Willow Creek um, that in Chicago, Illinois, um, about, I don't know, it was probably 30 years ago. But um, Willow Creek was known for being what's called seeker sensitive, meaning that like you, you're coming in, you've, you've never been in church your, your entire life, and we have to cater to that person. But we believe at the refuge that we don't just cater to the person that's not been in church your entire life, but we cater to every, the person that's been in church for 45 years. We want to be for all people. And so our mission here on Sunday mornings is to help everyone know God. To help everyone get one step closer to Jesus. One step closer. That step might look, clo- might look different for you than it does for me. I've been following Jesus for, oh my word, for, for a long time. Over 30 years. I'm not that old, right? <laughs> but I've been following Jesus since I was a boy, since I was little. And my, my step closer to Jesus looks different than, than yours does today. But it doesn't matter what that step looks like. There's no, there, there's, there's no right or wrong way to make a step. It's just by making the step. And so getting closer to Jesus, that's, that's our mission as a church. So we want to be both. We want to be for the, the person that's followed Jesus for all these years. And we want to be for the person that has never met him before in their life. And so we're going to do our very best to be for both. And I believe that this message is one that's for the person that's never been to church their entire life, but also been in church for a long time. So Matthew chapter eight, uh, chapter 28, uh, verses 18 through 20, it says this. Follow, you, can, you can follow along on the screens, by the way, but also if you have a smart device, an iPhone or Android, whatever you have, uh, you can download the YouVersion Bible app. And on the YouVersion Bible app, we've got all of today's notes for you available uh, you can follow along with those. Let me catch my breath and I'll read 20, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always. Even until the end of the age. So last week we talked about being a Talmud of Jesus. The Hebrew word for disciple or student is the, the word Talmud. And um, like I said, last week was, was really good. And, um, and of course, when you, when you knock one out of the ballpark, no one gets it on video, Right? <laughs> Anybody ever hit a home run? Have dad not with not not have the camera out? I've never hit a home run, by the way. But <laughs> I did score a touchdown once, once. Um, but we're not going to relive Adam's past right now. Um, but but what happened was the recording messed up. That's what I was trying to say. 
And so because it messed up, and I know that there are people that didn't get to, get, get to get experience it. So this next, this, this next week, you know, it's only the week before Easter. I'm just going to record it again. So, um, so I'm going to video that, and it will be available on our, on our website along with all of our other messages at refugemain.church slash messages, just in case you missed it. And in case you want to send it to a friend and say, hey, watch this video. And uh, hopefully I can duplicate it. <laughs> we'll see. No pressure. Um, but uh, last week we learned about what it means to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus. We said that if you're going to look at Jesus' last words to his disciples, which we just read in Matthew 28, then it, it's worth it to go back to his first words. And his first words to his disciples were, come and follow me. And we talked about the weight of that moment and what that meant to come follow Jesus. And the disciples that were fishermen dropped their nets. Some of, the, some of them were fishermen. Dropped their nets and followed him. And why on earth would someone drop their nets and drop everything they're doing to follow Jesus? And so we talked a little bit about what that meant. But today, I want to focus on verse 20. There. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always to the end of this age. Now, because of last week, we understand the weight. We understand what's going on here. We understand it a little bit more. But uh, that's why I want to focus on the phrase, I am with you Always. Because I can't help but to think of this moment. Jesus, Jesus says, think, think of this. Jesus says, I'm with you always, and then he ascends into heaven. He disappears. What? Like, like it's okay. It's okay to think, wait a minute. Did he just contradict himself? Like, like he just said, I'm with you always, and then poof, gone. Have you ever thought that? Jesus went to heaven. He disappeared, but he never died. He didn't die. He had already died, and he came back to life, and then he disappeared again. Like, think about it. I don't know about you, but I'm human. You can laugh at that. I'm human, and my human mind goes, what in the world is he doing? Can he make up his mind already? Does he want to be here or not be here? What's going on? And so it's okay to ask yourself those questions. But Jesus said, I am with you always. When he said the words, I am, I wonder if his disciples went back to John chapter 6 when he said, I am the bread of life. Or maybe when he said, I am, I wonder if they thought he was going to say, I'm the light of the world, which he said in John 8 and 9. I wonder if he, they thought maybe he said once, I am the sheep gate, meaning that I am the gate that led all the sheep into the pasture. I wonder if they thought that that's what he was going to say. Or maybe it was, I am the good shepherd that he said. Maybe they thought he meant, I am the resurrection and the life, which he had already, he had just proven that, that he was. Maybe it's, they thought that he, he was going to say, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Or maybe it's, they thought he was going to say, I am the true vine. Seven times in the book of John, it's recorded that Jesus said the phrase, I am. And those Hebrew kids, they were taught the story of Moses and the burning bush and Moses standing before God saying, who is it? Who should I tell them sent me? Who should I tell Pharaoh has sent me? And God says, tell them I am has sent you. And Jesus right here in this moment takes the phrase I am and he says, I am with you all. Even to the end of the age, they knew the weight of the words that Jesus was speaking. We often miss 
the weight of the words that are written in this book because this book is alive. It's sharper than any any two-edged sword. It pierces my heart and my soul, and it gets rid of the things in my life that do not need to be there. Because I was created with a purpose. You were created with a purpose. You were created to be with the one that created you. And there are things in my life that keep me from his presence. That's why I have to confess. That's why I have to give him those things and say, God, I need you. Are you with me today? So the big idea for today, if I had one thing I wanted to communicate to you, one thing that I want you to write down, it's just one thing. The presence of God is practiced, not pre- pretended. The practice, the, the pr- practice of God's presence is practiced, not pretended. Let me say it one more time because I didn't say it right the second time. <laughs> the presence of God is practiced, not pretended. Practice. You can't fake it till you make it in heaven. If you're faking it, you don't get to go to heaven. We, we've gotten so, oh, geez. We've gotten so soft. Everyone gets a trophy. Everyone makes it. No one gets fired. No one fails. We've gotten so soft. That the message that there is only one way to get to God is offensive. And you know what? It is offensive. But that's why I'm telling you there's only one way to get to God. If, it, if, if I wanted to offend you, I wouldn't tell you about the way. Guess what? If, if I wanted, oh, man. <laughs> if I really wanted to offend you, I'd say there's only one way to get to God, and I'm not telling you which way it is. You're going to have to figure that out yourself. If I really wanted to offend you. But there is one way to get to God, and his name is Jesus Christ. Who died for my sin to get rid of my sin so that I can be in relationship with the father that created me. So, yeah, I'm going to be offensive. This church isn't for everybody. I get it. That's okay. That is okay. I'm sure you can find another church down the street that will tell you what it is you want to hear. But what it is we want to hear won't get you to heaven. So I'm going to tell you what it is that the Bible has to say. Man. I didn't preach like this in the first service. But the message of one way is loving and kind. The message of one way is the most loving way that it, that it, the most loving thing that it can be. Because as a parent, I know what my kids need to do in order to be what's right. And if I don't correct that, I'm not loving my kid. Mom, dad, correct your kids. It's loving. It's kind. Because it's putting them on the right path. All right, let me get to my message. <laughs> Brother Lawrence. Brother Lawrence was a, was a, uh, a Camelite priest. Uh, he, he lived in Paris. Uh, he lived from 1611 to 1691. Brother Lawrence wrote some letters that after his death in 1691, people found in his monastery, they found le- these letters that were, that were written about the presence of God. They took those letters and they formed a book that's called The Practice of the Presence of God. I highly recommend it. It was written in 1611, so or in, in the 1600s, so it's, it's a little hard to understand. It's not an easy read, but it is deep. 
and it said that, doc, that that brother Lawrence learned the practice, learned learned the secret of of um, the he cracked the code to practicing the presence of God. He cultivated the presence of God in his life, and so they took those letters and they they assembled this book, and one of the letters. Uh, an excerpt from it, it says this, the most holy and necessary practice in the spiritual life is the presence of God. That is, every moment to take great pleasure that God is with you. As you're driving down the street today, think to yourself, God is with me. God is with you. That means finding constant pleasure in his divine company, speaking humbly and loving with him in all seasons, in every moment, without limiting the conversation in any way. That's what it means to practice the presence of God driving down the road with conversation with him, speaking with him anytime, any moment, knowing that he is there all the time. That's what practicing the presence of God looks like. It's practiced. It's not pretended. You can't pretend it. Because Jesus said, I am with you always, we have the ability to practice the presence every single day. How do we do that, Pastor Al? I've got one word to tell you how you can do that this morning, and it's the word communion. Communion. We, for, for just a moment, I want us to take ourselves to the emotion of the moment on the mountain. The mountain is where Jesus is saying these words. Go and make disciples. Teach them to observe everything that I've taught you. And I am with you always. Go to that, that, that moment. I can't help, I, I joked around about it just a minute ago, but I can't help but to think that he, Jesus says, I'm with you always, and then pff, he's gone. And it's like, whoa, wait a minute. Why didn't the disciples freak out? Why, why didn't they just say, no, I'm, I'm gone, I'm done. Like, I, I, three years wasted. <laughs> why, didn't, why didn't they do that? And it's because of John chapter 16. Look at John chapter 16, verse 5 through 16. It says this. I'm going to read it for you. But now I am I'm going away. This is Jesus talking. He says, now I'm going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking, where, where am I going? Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. He says, he says, be, because I'm telling you I'm going away, you're grieving that I'm going away, but you don't understand. You don't understand that I have to do this. But in fact, it is the best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. Who is the advocate? The advocate is the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy, the Holy Spirit can't come. That, that word in my Bible, I don't know about yours, but in my Bible, that word advocate is capitalized. You know why it's capitalized? Because it's a name. It's the name of the Holy Spirit. If I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sins. Wow. He'll convict the world of its sins. Keep reading. And of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment, the world's sin is that which that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There is so much more that I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. Wow. Think about that. Jesus saying to his disciples, there's so much more I want to tell you right now, but I can't, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't possibly bear it. You know what I think he's saying? I think he's saying, you'd quit following me right now if you knew everything that I'm, that, that's about to happen. 
You, you quit. You can't bear it. So he doesn't tell them, and he, and, and they continue, he continues to teach. And then it happens on the mountain, and they're going, that's why he couldn't tell us. <laughs> Keep reading. Where am I at? Verse tw- we'll, go, we'll just go with verse 12. There is so much more that I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He, he will not speak on his own, but... I will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Sadness will be turned to joy. When the advocate comes, he will be able to turn your sadness into joy. In a little while, you won't see me anymore, but a little while after that, you will see me again. The richness of this text, Jesus is saying, I'm going to send you a Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. We believe in the the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And because Jesus left the world, he sent the Holy Spirit as a gift. And because he spent the whole, sent the Holy Spirit, Jesus is with us always. It's the three in one, the Holy Trinity. He is always with us. The Holy Spirit is here. You felt him earlier. Hopefully you feel him now. Because he is with us. And he's loving and he's kind. But he judges us. But loving, but judgment is the loving, the, the most loving thing and kind thing that he could possibly do because it gets rid of the sin of our lives that separate us from the God that who really does love us. Because Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, we have his presence available so that we can practice it. Jesus wanted to teach his disciples. That when he says goodbye on that mountain through the Holy Spirit, goodbye is never the end, ladies and gentlemen. Goodbye is never the end. It's not, it's not, he said it is finished on the cross, not when he ascended into heaven. It is finished on the cross meant that our sins are are, are, are finished. That we now have an opportunity to come to the Father. It's never the end with a believer. It's never the end. And so let's go back to that word that I told you that you can use to practice the presence of God, communion. The word communion, the word, the word broken down, the prefix C-O-M, com, is, it, it means with or, or unity, unified. So, so the word communion, it, what it means is it means intense fellowship. Intense fellowship with God. And so, so broken down, it's come union, being, being one, being one with him. So when we observe communion, when we take communion, the Lord's Supper, we are one with Christ. We're one. Every morning I wake up. Every morning. I have it on my calendar every morning, my schedule. It's, it's a part of my daily routine. And by the way, my, my pastor is really big on routines. Have a routine in the morning especially. It, like that's, that's where you'll find your, your peace in your, in your routine. But, but where you'll really find your peace is when you include the Holy Spirit with that, that routine. And so, so, with, so every morning on my schedule, I have time with Jesus on my schedule. Every morning, not every night, not every afternoon, every morning, the first thing that I do is open up this book to look at it, to see what God has to say to me. And I have a conversation with God. I talk to him. It's, it's, it's more than just getting up and saying, and saying, thank God for another day. If that's what, if, if that's what your communion with God looks like, then, then that's good. You're doing something. But get one step closer tomorrow. Don't leave it there. Get one step closer. Open the, just read a verse. Just a verse. 
Take that verse with you for the day. That one step closer. And then by the end of the month, you're all of a sudden you're reading a whole chapter. And then you're reading two chapters, three chapters. Communion with God every single morning has to be so important. But the most intense moments of warfare in my life, the most intense time when I go through the hardest storms, every once in a while I'll get out some bread and get some juice. And I'll take a moment and I'll remember the sacrifice that Jesus did, that Jesus gave for me. Many of you know that um, in November this last year, November 12th, actually, 2021, uh, Friday, it was a Friday night. Tanya and I were lying in bed and her phone rang and um, we answered the phone. Well, actually, we didn't answer it the first time. We saw who it was. <laughs> To answer the first time, why is she calling us? We answered it the second time, and um, we found out that my brother-in-law, Tanya's brother Ray, had been hit by hit by a pickup truck going about forty-five miles an hour, and he was on foot, and um, and so he had been lifelined out to another another town in Texas, and. Um, Many of you know that that started a journey, uh, a, a difficult journey, season. That was very hard. And um, Tanya flew out, Tanya's parents flew out the next day, and Tanya flew out Monday. She went to Texas. And... Uh, we have good friends in ministry that have always taught us in the most intense moments, have communion with Jesus. And so I talked to Tanya on the phone and I said, I think I'm going to, I'm going to, I think we need to do communion. We didn't necessarily do it together. She did it on her own. I did it on, on my own. I want to show you what that communion looked like for Tanya. Um, she's got hotel communion on the bottom. Sometimes all you need is a little water and a pretzel. <laughs> and I, I have a, a piece of bread, and uh, it looks like grape juice, but it's not. It's actually 100% cranberry juice. And uh, if you know anything about 100% cranberry juice with no concentrate, it is disgustingly bitter. <laughs> and in that moment, I was extremely grateful that, God's, that Jesus said, I am the true vine and not the true bog. We have a, a, a kid that was raised on a cranberry farm uh, that was in the first service. He came up to me and goes, hey, just so you know, cranberries can grow on vines. <laughs> Gee, thanks, Connor. <laughs> he goes, but, but it's a bog, so it, it, it works. It works. So I went ahead and told the joke anyway, and you laughed, so it worked. <laughs> but that moment, it w as, I, as I observed communion that day by myself with the juice and the bread, I drank it, and I was like, ooh, that was disgusting. And then I thought, man, the bitter cup that Jesus said, God, let this cup pass from me. The bitter cup of death that he suffered on the cross for me was so much worth it. And I was like, man, we should be using uh, cranberry juice for, for communion. But don't worry, it's not cranberry juice this morning. <laughs> it's grape juice. Um, but intense moments of fellowship with, with Jesus we get out the bread and the juice, not because the bread and the juice are holy. That's why we can use a, a, a water and a pretzel. Because it's, it's just the, the idea of the body and the blood that was shed for us. Listen, we want to make communion about something that it's not. When we start to make it about the elements, we make it about the elements and not the sacrifice. We have to make the presence of God about the sacrifice. Because he sacrificed everything to be with us so that he can comfort us, so that he can be with us always. The most intense moments of fellowship require intense attention. 
1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 through 29, the Apostle Paul wrote to the, the Corinthian church, and he said this, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he, he was betrayed, that the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God, and then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine and, uh, after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time that you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So anyone who eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord and unworthy is guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For you eat the bread and drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ. You are eating and drinking judgment upon yourself. Communion is remembering all that Jesus did for us. But it is so much more than that. Communion is intimacy with our creator. Intimacy with our savior. You know, um, I told the first service this story, and um, I've I've done a lot of I've I've done a lot more funerals than I have weddings in my in my life. Um, I've performed a lot more funerals than weddings, and um, I've actually done funerals for people that I have no idea who they were. I didn't know them, and uh, one of the things that I realized later on was that I would much rather do a funeral for someone I knew than someone I didn't know. Because in the moments where I know the person, I'm able to share memories about that person. If, if I don't know the person, then I'm just telling stories that people have already told me, and I'm probably getting it wrong anyway. And it's not that intimate. But the moments of memories that are intimate with God, the, or, or intimate about the person that's about the deceased, those are the moments that capture your heart and go, oh, I miss him so much. But with Jesus, the most intimate moments of the memories of what we've read in his book and what we've studied, the closer you are, the closer you are to Jesus, the more intimate the moment of communion is. But that's why Paul said you have to confess and you have to get right you have to eliminate the sin of your heart so that you can be close to him. And so I've got four quick things about the presence of God that I want to share with you that are really important. Number one, the presence of God has a cost. There is a cost that comes with the presence of God. There's always a cost. Nothing. My grandma Harold used to say, ain't nothing free. It's not. Salvation is a free gift, yes, but it costs you everything. In fact, if you're a follower of Jesus, you call yourself a follower of Jesus, and your salvation is costing you nothing, you might want to reevaluate. Because of the words I'm about to read in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24 through 25. He said, then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Stop trying to hold on to your way and let go and let God have his way. It's going to come with a cost. Number two, it comes with consistency. The presence of God comes with consistency. Jesus said, I am with you. There it is. You're still awake. One of you is, at least. I'm with you always. You know, I did, I did a, a, a deep study into that word always. Uh, you know what it means in English? Always. You did the deep study too. 
It means always. It means never ending, never going to run out, abundant, always there. I am with you always. That means nothing that we do can ever separate us from the love of God, from the presence of God. But we have to confess it. We have to confess it. Number three is care. There's care in the presence. You will always, every time you enter into the presence of God, you will always experience care. Always. When Tanya was in Texas, uh, she got a text message from our good friend Luke Walters. Luke has come to, to speak for us before. He's, I think he's spoken two or three times now. Luke's actually in Israel right now, and I'm really jealous of him. Um, but he texted her, and, 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 and this is what his text said. said, Tanya, lock into intimacy as you war. Minister to Jesus' heart as Mary of Bethany did at his feet. From this position, he takes notice and releases his great love and grace. How many of you know we all need friends like Lou Walters in our life? Friends that point us to Jesus in the hardest time that we go through. Worship at Jesus' feet. The same way that Mary did at Bethany when she anointed his feet with oil, poured it all out on him. Just sat there because at his feet there is comfort, there is joy, there is presence. Number three is there's confession in the presence of God. Paul said you can't eat of the cup in an unworthy manner. You know why? Because you can't enter the presence of God sinful. Every time I look at the face of God, I have to look at the sin of my life. And in that moment, I have a choice. Do I repent from that sin? Do I turn away from that sin? Or do, do I continue to live in that sin? Because if I look at the sin of my heart, I have a choice to make with it. I can either give it to God and leave it there, or I can continue to do it and continue to be separate from him. It's a choice. Jesus wants to take our sin from us so that we can be in relationship with God. Are you still with me? Today's response time is a little different. So real quick, those, those four things. There's cost, there's consistency, there's care, and there's confession. Cost, consistency, care, and confession. All, those, all four of those things have to be in the presence of God for me. And today's response time is a little different. I'm not going to have you stand to your feet, bow your heads and close your eyes and things like that. Because the, today's response time is, is the Lord's Supper. We're going we're gonna to take communion with each other. But it's weird, right? It's, it, it's weird because, because communion I've just talked about, it's intense fellowship with God, between me and God. And, and so, so it's this, this, this intimate moment between me and God, and, and, and let, if I'm honest, every single week we come to this moment of our service where we're almost done, by the way. Good, no one said amen. <laughs> we're almost done. But every time, every Sunday, we come to this moment, and, and it is intimate. A response to God is intimate, but it's between me and him. But all these people are in this room? How am I going to handle this? What am I going to do? So you sit there and you just have the intimacy with the father by yourself. If you're married and your wife's sitting next to you, you might put your arm around her, you might squeeze her hand, and you might have that intimate moment with the creator together. But just sit there and have that moment and look at your sin in the face and decide, do I want to repent from it or do I want to continue? And my, my encouragement, suggestion, is that you give it to God in that moment and you say, 
God, I'm done with it. It's yours so that I can be closer to you. This moment is for every believer, someone that's already put their faith in Jesus, someone that wants to follow him. And so every week we give an opportunity for you to follow Jesus. We, we're going to do that again this week. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior and you want to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead you in a prayer. Just right now, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. But after you do this, there's a card, the card in front of you. Do me a favor. Fill it out and put on the side of it. There's a, there's a part that says commit to follow Jesus. Say uh, for the first time or, or, or not. Then, then just, just check whichever one applies. And we will help you on this journey. It's a journey. The li- life is a journey. It's not this moment. It doesn't. Everything just doesn't get better in this moment. I wish I could tell you, this is the moment. This is, what you're li- this is why you live. This is it. It's so much more than that. It's a lifestyle. It's a life. If you want that relationship with Jesus, do me a favor. Everyone close your eyes, bow your heads right there. I'm not even going to ask anybody to raise your hand. I'm, ju- I'm just going to ask you to fill out that card. If you want that relationship with Jesus this morning, just say, God, right where you sit, say, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need Jesus in my life. Come into my heart. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Help me live for you. I love you, God. Thank you for Jesus. Come into my life. Right where you sit, every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's just go right into that communion, that moment, that intimate moment with Jesus. That moment of remembrance. At the Refuge Church, we don't believe in transubstantiation, which is the Catholic word for the juice becomes the literal blood and the, bo- and the, the cracker becomes the literal, literal skin of Jesus. We don't believe in that. That's weird. It's not about the elements. It's about the intimacy. It's about the remembering. Remember everything that Jesus has brought you through to get you to this moment. And look at your life and say, God, I'm giving it to you right now. Take that that cup, open the side with a cracker. Take the cracker out now. In that moment of the Last Supper, Jesus took the bread broke it into pieces. And he said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this and remember to me. I'm going to pray. By the way, if you didn't get a cup, I'm so sorry. So this is a really important moment and I messed it up. If you didn't get a cup, uh, just slip your hand up. Just look look right up and, and we'll, we'll get you some. Tanasia, right over here. Sorry. This is an intimate moment. We want everyone to have this moment that wants it. I'm gonna I'm gonna say a prayer, and I'm and then after my prayer, I'm gonna go ahead and read that again. And after I read it, we can we can take together. But as I pray, just confess to God. God, I need you. God, thank you for your body that was broken for me. Father in heaven, I thank you so much for the people in this room, the family. Lord, I thank you so much that your body was broken and beaten. The word of God says that by your stripes we are healed. By the stripes that you 
took on your back for my sin. Father, I thank you so much that you were willing to take your body and have it be beaten for me so that I could have this moment of intimacy with you. Then he broke the pieces and he said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat. Then Jesus took the cup. On the other side, you have the cup. It's spill-proof. You don't have to take it all the way off. And uh, I'm going to go to God in prayer for the cup, and then I'll read again. Father in heaven, we thank you that we don't have to be perfect. We thank you that there's room at your table for us. We thank you that we can have intimacy with you. God, the Bible says that there was life in the blood. That without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And so God, we thank you that you were willing to pour out your blood for us so that we could be forgiven. The cup is the new covenant, the new promise between God and man. Do this in remembrance. I think it is in the book of Matthew that it says when they were done having the Lord's Supper together, they sang a hymn, they sang a song, and uh, then they went to the Mount of Olives. And so we don't have a Mount of Olives, but we do have wherever you're going to go eat lunch. We have home. And so we're going to sing a song together and then be dismissed just like we do every single week. But my encouragement to you is this today. Tomorrow morning, you get up before you do anything else. Before you open your Facebook or your Instagram or whatever it is. Open your Bible app. Start a plan. Read it. Have a moment with Jesus before you have a moment with anybody else. Because he is the most important. Stand to your feet. We're going to sing a song. I, I love you guys. I am so glad. I felt this morning, I just felt like family. You know, when I was a kid growing up, uh, and I'd have a friend hanging out at my house, um, there were some times where, uh, some, sometimes I'd ask my mom and dad, I'd say, Mom, can, can Philip stay at my house, for, stay at the house for dinner? And she yeah, you know, we, we're just having sandwiches. Yeah, Philip can come. But how many of you know that sometimes there were times that Philip wasn't allowed to stay? Sometimes we just had to, had to have a family moment. Today was a family moment, and we're so glad. So glad that you got to experience it with us. Let's sing together.